Hello, and welcome to episode 37 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. Hello. How you doing, man? You okay? Yeah, very good. Very good, good. Good, 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 good. What's new? Anything exciting? Uh, no, not too much. It's kind of all, you know, it's gone to a bit of a hobby slowdown, but hoping it'll pick back up. See, talk about, I've, talk about I, I, I've been feeling that recently. Like, I don't know, because we went through like tournaments and stuff, and then just like a little bit of a break, a little bit of a chill time is, is really important, I think, for people. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it kind of has its peaks and troughs, you know. It's funny, it's isn't really it? really busy and then nothing and then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I had to miss Club Week. I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I had to miss it to actually do some real work, which is ironic, because sometimes I do blood bowl work at work. And it was like, uh, I don't know, I felt really good for it today. I was like, it's okay, I've had a break. Like, I'm going to be recording the podcast today. It's going to be good. Happy about that. It's always always nice to take a bit of time. Anyway, yeah, uh, right, I'm going to stop rambling. Ben, uh, thanks again very much for coming on the show. Uh, can you tell me what we're going to be talking about on episode 37? Yep, we're going to be reviewing your time at Manabol Stunty Cup. So good. Yeah, we've also got a little interview you had with Sean. Uh, interviews uh, good, audio's medium, but you know, I'll apologise <laughs> for that when we talk about it in the segment. <laughs> it's good fun though. Um, we've got the usual games, hobby and star players too. Absolutely magical. Right, let's crack on with, uh, with the news. So straight into Blood Bowl news, and you know what? It's a bit of a quiet one again. I think that's probably our fault because we're only recording 10 days or something after the last episode, but we do have some more details about the ones we spoke about last week, don't we, Ben? Yeah, just some minor details, but details are the same. Right. Which is the first one on the list? So we've got the Vortis miniatures, which we spoke about in detail last time. Oh, that's the cool Kemri ones. Yeah, yeah. They they do look neat. They do look really neat. I know we said that they, they look They look neat. Yeah, I like them. Groovy. Actually, to be fair, I say groovy a lot on the show. <laughs> but I felt justified because this uh, this this girl who works at my work, she's, I don't know how old she is, she might be 18, maybe 20 or something, and she was like, groovy the other day, and I said, yes, I am accidentally <laughs> hip. Like, it's okay. I, I just think I just of, like, at stuff. evil dead. <laughs> when you say groovy. Like, groovy. Yeah. This is my boomstick. Oh, man. <laughs> they are such good films. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking of undead creatures, yes, the Vortis miniatures, Death King's Guardians. Boom, segue points. Um, th- the models look amazing, and they keep they keep spoiling more and more and more and more. Yeah, slow teasers, dude. The ones with the jackal heads that I think they showed off today look mm. seriously, seriously cool. Um, so the live date for this one is going to be March sometime, and they're looking to a- they're aiming for delivery in December, which which is not bad for Kickstarters, is it? No, it's uh, that's really good. Like usually, I feel you expect to wait around a year. So yeah, when it's I think under that's a year, that's right. fast. Didn't so we did the we did the Fanath one, didn't we? Yeah. When did that end? November, maybe December. I think I it was probably about. I don't think it was December. I don't think it. I think it was my early. Christmas budget. Yeah, yeah maybe. But that's due for delivery in June, and you got the Pirates already, and that was probably oh, that man, was that about a year. Yeah. I that feel. was that must have been around about May last year because it was when Tiff yeah. and I went to Tenerife. I think, yeah, it was Grand hot Canary. when I ordered it. I remember that. So it must have been around May. <laughs> it was too sweaty entering my card details. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now 
talking about fast kickstarters we've had another another update well not another update i don't think we spoke about this one before i'm going to skip one ben and go to the grebo necromals okay and the reason i'm going to mention that is because i was looking at their so let's take this back one sec grebo miniatures they do loads of cool teams they do loads of cool teams um and they also do a load of cute teams they have the the cutie malls ranges which uh we've got uh, i think the penguins are probably the the most famous or the most popular yeah they have like the pig orcs and the uh and stuff like that as well i like the little lizard guys they're, yeah. they're really cool and that's i need to pick up a team for, for tiff because she said they look really cool i'm like <laughs> okay okay we can do this um but they have been spoiling this one for ages which is like a, an undead cutimals one I, i've been informed by my fiance that these ones are not cute and i was like oh okay and it's fair enough because they all do have like axes in them and bits of bones and one yeah. of them is actually eating eating a brains yeah some of the like guts coming out and stuff like that however the models themselves look fantastic yes they do um they've they've gone with the style yeah it's it's clear what they are so this is this is topical i think because there was a, there was a debate in on the blabble community facebook page fairly recently see i did not see this but but go let's, yeah. let's hear about it let's hear about it I think someone posted a um, picture of the My Little Pony Kickstarter, which was like a year ago, I think. I think I remember seeing that. And it was basically just like My Little Pony models, but made for Blood Bowl. And there was a debate about whether or not this is like a thing. Like, should this be a thing? Should this and be what? People had the- some very strong opinions <laughs> in both regards. Um, we we, we, we de- democratically say. I think people can play with what they want, um, but the this team was, or the, this team, the, these cutimals range ranges of teams were, were raised in that debate, and um, yeah, like I think for me, I like the models. I wouldn't get them myself because I like the theme of Blood Bowl with, you know, things are what they are. But goddamn, they look really good though. <laughs> The style is executed so well. Yes. I, I mean, I, I agree with you, Ben. It, it's um, Blood Bowl is a tabletop fantasy skirmish game with a yes. with a game going on, and yes, it's weird to have cartoons playing, but the great thing about Blood Bowl is it doesn't massively affect the game. Like no. yes, if you go up against a, a tiny penguins Norse team, like I played against Ben at our local club, uh, you know, or a Lego team, I, I kind of think this is one bit of Blood Bowl that's that's awesome is that you can use different things to represent the teams which opens up the modeling opportunities yes and i remember talking about the uh, my little pony one when when it was first like coming out we talked about the kickstarter and how phenomenally successful it was yeah it got a lot of support it was like one of the biggest blood bowl kickstarters ever um probably mostly because of the my little pony fans and stuff which is absolutely fine uh, i would have no problem playing against it um I think if you're playing with a thematic zone, like if you've got a collection, like if I got Cutimals, I'd have to get two, and I'd probably go for two sevens teams, so I could play a Cutimals sevens one team against another team because it would fit. I I wouldn't sneak a Cutimals team into the YouTube show because it wouldn't fit. Yeah, and that's the thing. I I feel like if you get a team like this, you should have to. I think I think that you kind of expect. I think you shouldn't expect any opponent any opponent to want to play against it maybe. Like maybe have it as a a bonus thing that you play 
in your lo- local club where everyone's okay with it. But then when you bring it to a tournament, maybe check in advance because there are a lot of people who play for the theme. And I think it's 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 right to respect both both opinions, really. Yeah, it's definitely right to respect what other people play against. And it was cool to see one of these at Beachhead. Uh, the Penguins one was there. Different yeah, it was. Player. Yeah, and um, yeah, there, there were some great teams. And I think you know, it's an it's a version of people wanting to make something special for a tournament, whether it's conversions like uh, Thor did with his Nurgle team at Beachhead, you know, or me when I did my ogres with the the Nurglings and stuff. Yeah. Like, this is an ogre team, this is what this represents. I think that's a great element of Blood Bowl. But, yes, I feel like you've got to, if you've got your own little zone, making it fit feels right. But if you've got a single individual thing that's special, I think that's really cool. It's like playing a CCG and having one random shiny beta land, you know, that's worth £100. It's just like, and this is my show-off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just cool. It's all for bling. It's all for hobby. Exactly. Um, anyway, my what I meant was, or at least that the, is that Grebo have said when this Kickstarter goes out, so you can see the link in our show notes and you can look at their, um, what do they say, the, the draft, is it? Project draft. Yep, here we go. This campaign will start on March the 10th. So it will go on there. And the thing I saw that I thought was really, really cool is that they intend to ship this delivery in 15 days from the pledge manager wow. fulfillment. So That's, they're looking... Yeah. Yeah. They're looking to progress this. I, I can only assume it's because they've done so well with all of their other projects that they kind of have the capital to set it up. So they're like, look, this is ready to go now. We've, we've got these. We've got the molds. We've got the, the miniatures. We've got these. We just want to sell through Kickstarter to get that extra money, to get that extra advertising, and then we can we can deliver this real quick. Yeah. And I really, really like that. Although I do think that's dangerous for <laughs> Kickstarters because I stay away from Kickstarters mostly because I'm like, oh, I don't really want to wait a year. Yeah, they prey on FOMO, Kickstarters. Uh, oh, fear yeah, of missing absolutely. Out. Yeah. It's, if if you're bad with spend like as in bad with spending money, if you're very prone to spending money, try and avoid Kickstarter. <laughs> it's very easy to think, oh, that's such good value, and then you end up waiting an entire year. And that um, FOMO is about all the extra bits. Yeah, exactly. So there'll be like all oh, these add-ons for free, all these stretch goals, and you're just thinking, oh, that's great. But again, it's one of those things where you're not really getting a deal unless you're going to buy anyway. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the just a just to help you with your poor decision making when it comes to buying these things uh, the prices are looking like 60 euros plus postage uh, for a team of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 16 players mostly um, and it ships estimated delivery in April so Crazy. this is going to be real real dangerous I'm not going to look too far but if they do do the other teams as like alternates which lots of lots of, lots of kickstarters do don't they yeah like companies who have made other teams. This could be a great way to... Oh, no, there they are. Yeah. <laughs> you scrolled too far down. I scrolled. I scrolled, man. Uh, oh, no, that's just the vampires, the, the bat vampire ones. Okay, the other stuff ones. Oh, no, they are there. Oh, no. Okay, well, that's my that's my April purchase sorted, or March <laughs> purchase sorted. That's good. Um, yeah, but that's the Grebo Necromals. Check them out. If you like the, the cutesy thing, it's a great way to get a Grebo team. Um, and the delivery looks pretty sweet. Yeah, you, are, you can't fault Grebo quality. Pretty good. 
And talking of quality, we've got the other Kickstarter that we spoke about last episode, which was Legends of the North. Yes. Yeah, the so, um, sculpted one, right? Yeah. Yeah, hand-sculpted, green mm. stuff, proper old-school miniatures. Uh, this is live now, and I think this ends before this episode goes out. So if you're listening to this, hopefully you got it. But if not, I have no doubt they'll do um, late pledges. That's what they call them, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, have you had a chance to look properly at the finished product of this Kickstarter, Ben? Yeah, it's nice, because last time we only had the one picture, didn't we? So now yeah. we can kind of see each each model. Um, yeah, really good up close. You wouldn't it, think it's hand-sculpted. <laughs> no, it's phenomenal. The sculpting on this is is real good. This reminds me of some of the uh, some of the companies that weren't Games Workshop that but were close to Games Workshop like 10 years ago. So when you first started seeing like the Infinity models come out and some of the other... Companies that were a bit taller, so definitely 32, not 28 mil, because these guys look, look taller. But the the quality of sculpting there is phenomenal. Have you seen that giant they have? Like they've had, a, they've got a giant add-on, and he is amazing. Uh, right, oh, there's the Yeti with the comb over. Yeah, ten euros. That's brilliant. I know it's pretty good value. That's ridiculous. Right. Okay. Let's look at this. So yeah, six, just as we we're talking about, don't look at yeah. Kickstarter's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. So it's sixty euros, or about fifty-one uh, English monies for now. Anyway, uh, the early Northern <laughs> Legends team: two Ulfs, two Berserkers, one Thrower, two Runners, four Linemen. That's actually really good. So yeah. instead of getting uh, just half the players you need, um, it gives you everything you want. Uh, C campaign for casting materials, exclusives, wild animal, D6. Yep, so that's not bad. Have we got one with the Yeti? No. So the Yetis are add-ons then, uh, which is fine. And th- so the Yeti, yeah, 10 euros to add-on. Early bird. So you don't get the Yeti in the team. Oh, you do get the Yeti in the team. Do you? It's just not listed. Okay. Uh, oh, get a Norse team with a Yeti miniature and oh, 11 yeah. Vikings. There <laughs> we go. It's, like, it's, 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 it's the first one. Okay, now we're talking £51 plus postage. So 50, I don't know, 50, 60 quid for a big guy and a full team. Standard. I think that's, that's not bad. Standard for Kickstarter prices. That's, yeah, that's not bad. Okay, so I say a full team. You don't get all the linemen. So you are going to be a few players short. However, from what I've seen from Norse, it's not a not a massive concern if you're planning on running them in a league. Um, if you're running them in a tournament, you will be able to afford those extra linemen. And if you're running them in a league, you're gonna you're gonna people are gonna die. Yeah, yeah, they don't survive. Okay, so we've got some add-ons. So we've got Yeti Star Player, the one with the comb over for ten euros. We've got a giant for fourteen euros. Four linemen for fifteen euros. So if you want the full team of sixteen players. It's uh, probably about seventy pounds. Yeah, sounds about right. Which again, still pretty run of the mill for Kickstarter. I think you said before on the show, sort of sixty to seventy pounds is the kind of region you expect. It's where you land, isn't it? And, yeah. and we've talked about it from a Games Workshop point of view. If you've got a big guy and two boxes to fill out your team, yes, you end up with more players in total, but you don't need all those players. So again, it ends up about sixty-five pounds or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, the seer they've got a, a wizard coach model which is pretty cool yeah i think that looks amazing that's yeah. probably my favorite model in the in the range he looks <laughs> good and it's six euros which yeah. is really good we've got the add-on comb over yeti and we've got the add-on giant oh yeah this is the guy we talked about isn't it yeah who had a very in my opinion D D vibe yeah very D, very like frost giant 
Okay, size-wise, he's not massive, massive. He's he's the kind of giant that Game of Thrones giants are like. Yeah, I think you mentioned that last time as well. Okay, good. Very well, good then I agree, I agree with myself, so that's yeah. good. I'm <laughs> on board. Uh, he looks like he's 10 foot tall compared to a compared to a normal guy. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds about right. Bear yeah. in mind, the Norse are probably quite big. And he's on a 50 mil base, which means, one, you can probably squeeze him onto a 40 mil base so you can still run him normally. But also, he is big enough that you can run him as a giant giant, I think. Yeah, I reckon he, uh, he wouldn't look too like small or anything for that. You know what? He looks about the same size as the Fomoroid, the new Games Workshop model that's come yeah, out. Yeah, you know he does. Uh, the Fomoroid, I am squeezing onto a 40 mil base to use as a Yeti. How is and that? I think, is it doable? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. His arms and stuff spread out a little bit, um, but it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, so, yeah. This team looks really good. I'm sorry if you've missed it, but uh, we did mention it last time. So yeah. uh, They've got some stretch goals, linemen, more uh, werewolves and things, uh, and some star players and things like that. So where are they with their goal at the moment? At the time of the recording, they've already smashed it. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah. This, is, this is really good. Yeah, and they're still uh, in the... Well, we're recording when they're in the early bird period. They are, and we've got seven days to go, um, and they're uh, yeah, they've beat their target, so they're they're good to go. They've got nearly a hundred backers, which is really good. Yeah, loads I'm of comments for them. Goblin Guild miniatures. Yeah, I just think they look good. It's really nice to see models done in this sort of old style, but done really well. <laughs> oh, these are the guys who did the infamous coaching staff. The infamous oh, staff. Yeah. Know. Which uh, that was another one they did, which got 107 backers, over 8,000. Yeah, they did. That was that was beautifully, brilliantly executed as well. Okay, great, superb. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, cool. Anyway, that is Legends of the North by Goblin Guild, and if you're after a Norse team, that's not a bad one by a long shot. Not at all. Um, talking of Norse teams. I was I was genuinely expecting some kind of uh, blood bowl announcement from the toy fair. Yeah, I think we're all a little bit disappointed from that. Uh, they, there was a blood bowl announcement, which is they've redone blitz bowl, but instead of orcs, you've got dwarves. I, I can only assume that the original blitz bowl was too much fun, and they had to turn it down <laughs> a bit. <laughs> yeah, introduce everyone to dwarves. Yeah, and this is it. Yeah, let's introduce you to loss. No, uh, you know it's cool. Um, I'm. I think I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't pay much attention to that release. I'm, it would be cool if that one was available in the UK, but I don't think it's going to be. Did they say that in this new announcement for the like second edition? Did they mention uh, if it's a US exclusive or not? No, I just saw some comments about it, and I was like, ah, oh. okay, ah. Oh. But I, I do I want think, to give it a go, but yeah, it's really annoying to get a hold of it. Yeah, I think Blitz Bowl is like I think it's a, a, a kind of like um, it has to be sold a certain way, which is why it was restricted to like America and Germany. Okay. I think it was something to do with the licensing, but you know, I, I don't actually know. Um, but yes, there is another Blitzbold expansion, and it's a half. It's a spur of humans and a spur of dwarves. Now, I, I like what Blitzbold does, where you use the um, where you use cards to score victory points, as opposed to just being all about the touchdowns. I think mm. that's quite that's quite a cool twist. So, if this brings out more stuff like that, then I'm on board. Yeah. Because uh, ultimately, it seems like a cross between Blood Bowl and Underworlds. And Warhammer Underworlds is a really good game. Uh, yeah, and to be honest, I've, the people who I've heard like Blitzbowl really like Blitzbowl. 
So I'd like to give it a go. I would also like to give it a go. If So, guys out there listening, if you've played Blitzball, drop us a line. Let us know how well it plays. Yeah, we'll give it a go at some point and talk about it. Mm, if we can get hold really of it. Cool. Actually, that's, that's, yeah, we can do that. We can get a hold of it. I'm sure someone out there can hook us up with a copy. Or failing that, there's always eBay, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got a few tournaments to touch on here, and then I've got a couple of messages that I want to read out. Uh, so tournaments that are coming up, we've got Thorball Fall on the 7th to 8th of March in West Sussex. We've got Level Up Bournemouth Bowl on the 28th of March in Bournemouth. That's part of the SWTC, and I'll be going. Ben, are you going? I am going. Got my ticket. Um, I'm still torn between elves and wood elves. Uh, I really don't know what to do. Have so you done the coin flip yet? Where no. you can't decide, you know, flip a coin, but don't look at it. it. Oh, it tells you how it really, really feels. Yeah. Yeah, it's tempting. I don't know. What have we got going on this weekend? I'm working this weekend, and then I'm off Sunday, but it's Ian's daughter's christening thing, or confirmation. Mm. I, I'm not entirely sure what the difference is he'll understand I assume yeah I'll find out on Sunday uh, so I'm just thinking about when I'm going to get some painting time because actually that that is I think you said earlier that deadline's going to catch up real quick yeah well I've got a month and two days right now which means I've got a month and one day between I need to, before I need to paint these guys but you've, so, you've uh, already done a lot of the woodies haven't you well that's the good thing about the wood elves is that eight, uh, seven of them are already done yeah. and um, I'll probably take a tree it's just about going to a tournament with wood elves I, I, I don't know I'm not a massive tryhard but I want to make sure that I don't know I just I don't know I feel like elves will be good in the build and it could be fun to play to win for once that could be quite good yeah um, sounded a good chance bit, oh, especially how I did against uh, especially how I especially how Marnable went but you know that's a bit of foreshadowing <laughs> uh, then of course we've got Bonehead Bowl coming up in May uh, end of May uh, in Toyman in Pool again another SWTC tournament and um yeah, more information is available at boneheadpodcast.com. Have a look on there. We've got the rules packs up. I think I've got a team sheet on there. If I don't, I really need to, and I'll put that up soon. Um, mixed teams. Mixed teams optional, but actually it's a great opportunity to chuck some gutter runners in a dark elf team and make all of your friends hate you. So <laughs> I played against one of those last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, or you can go uh, You can go full Ben and take a whole bunch of big guys. Yeah, and it was fun. Is, Just you won't win. Uh, yeah, I see. I'm I'm still a little bit sad. I only got one game in with my horrible undead combi team. Yeah, uh, might, ha- maybe might have to. Yeah, bring, bring it back. On. Yeah, four oh, tomb guardians, it. two mummies. It's <laughs> horrible. It was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, ben knows all about strength twenty four cages, and this is uh, this is, uh, <laughs> this is nearly there. Yeah. <laughs> Listen back to last episode to find out why. Um, <laughs> And also, there's the UK Game Expo uh, on the 30th of May in Birmingham. So if you are up Midlands Way, go to that. If you're down south, come along to Pool and have some great, great, great fun at Entoyment, which is a great shop, and buy things because it's dangerously, dangerously buy there at that shop. Very spendy. Yeah, yeah, they've got so much stuff. Like, it's bad. Good, like really good, but also really, really bad. Um <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, yeah, got a couple of messages here which I would love to talk through. So one is just from Steve. Steve, 
I'm not going to, I don't know. Should I say his last name? I don't know. Steve, Steve. B. Yeah, Steve B. He dropped us a message saying, just listen to your latest podcast at work and Beachhead Bowls sounded so cool. I'm looking to get to a few of your events down in pool. Just bought my ticket to Bournemouth and this will be my first tournament. So hopefully the coaches are gentle with me. Steve, we're going to be there. We'll have a great time. Do not worry. And this really just highlighted something I wanted to talk about. And you'll get this vibe from me when I talk through my experience at Mana Bowl. But going to a tournament, it doesn't have to be a super competitive event. It can. It's just a game day. I'm, I'm tempted to stop talking, talk, talking about tournaments like they're tournaments. Because if you go with the mindset of a game day, I'm going to play three, four games with a bunch of guys and just play some Blood Bowl. It changes it and it makes it just... I'm going to go for a game day. I'm going to go play Blood Bowl all day with some great guys. So, Steve, you are doing a great thing by going to your first tournament. And I think this one's quite a small tournament. Was there like a minimum? There was like a maximum size, wasn't there, Ben? Uh, yeah, I think it was. I don't know, was it 24? Isn't that like a 24? NAF requirement or something? I can't remember. Oh, no, no, no. The NAF requirement is they, they technically give a little um, shield trophy out uh, if okay. you get 24 coaches or more. It was um, eighteen or something. It was. I think it was around that. Wasn't it, it was. I think it was eighteen. I think it was. The event yeah. was capped at eighteen because it's taking place at a shop, and yeah. I think, you know, tournaments that are hitting the twelve to eighteen level are actually really good for your first three tournaments. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, Steve, it'll be great to see you there, my friend. Um, and the other message I want to read out was from George. So, George is a chap who's running the Sydney Bowl Sevens. Great guy gets involved with the show quite a lot messages us quite a lot calls me out on things which i absolutely adore he's like i don't agree with your tiering do it differently and he's great uh, we was uh, i was talking to him about how to tier sevens and he was like i don't like that pen oh, i'm gonna do this i'm gonna give him extra money <laughs> and i loved it and he's having a great time over there running sevens events and i think it's just awesome, awesome. so he's dropped he's dropped me two messages and one of them is so good we're going to talk about it in the next episode we're going to make a segment all about that but hi ben awesome episode 36 great to hear beach was a success with so many coaches it was great fun uh, as much as i love the podcast there is one thing that throws me off all the progressive ideas which in turn gets me thinking oh that's a great idea how do i incorporate traps into sydney bowl so <laughs> <laughs> george is definitely a bonehead which is wicked um he said so this is what i've been thinking of of late as a fellow Sevens fanboy, I think the kickoff and kickoff table is mostly a non-event. There is little consideration of setup as there is no event that can swing the effect of a kickoff as opposed to classic Blood Bowl like the, blood, the Blitz and Perfect Defense. What I propose is swapping in the following events. Perfect Kick. The ball scatters up to an additional D6, but the kicking team chooses which direction. This allows the ball to land closer to or in front of the kicking team's line of uh, scrimmage and put pressure on the offense to recover. Bad kick. The ball scatters up to an initial D6, but the receiving team gets to choose which direction. Okay. Kind of, um, what's the uh, high kick? Kind of like high kick. Yeah. A little bit less controlled. And this one was quite interesting. He said, blitz. D3 players on the kicking team can take an action. This could result in the receiving team's uh, players getting blitzed or marked or the ball surrounded. I feel like when I play that, when I play sevens, that tends to happen anyway. <laughs> Um, it also means the receiving team needs to think about who is placed on the line of scrimmage at the risk of possibly getting punched. So that one was really interesting because actually he, he's he's right. We've played plenty of sevens together, haven't we, Ben? Yeah, loads. In fact, most excitingly, I'm get to play sevens with you next week, which I'm really looking forward to. Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah you know though you, you it doesn't really matter who goes on the line of scrimmage because you're thinking about your first turn as opposed to on the defense so that's quite cool and he said this after episode 36 trap not sure exactly but a trap is sprung roll d6 plus fame and the loser is impacted maybe have a menu as you've mentioned as you've mentioned so traps might be nine on the kickoff table as a one to six sub menu or something like that anyway what george did was he was like i need to go and write these rules and he did and he sent a whole email through with some really cool rules for sevens with uh changing weather and the uh the kickoff table and things and that's what we're going to talk about next episode unless there's some big games workshop news um so yes what i'd like is you guys out there who play sevens who've got your crazy seven rules sevens rules there's a chap called steven who's hates some seriously good sevens rules drop them into us at the at the podcast either through facebook twitter at the, at the email whatever just drop us some rules because actually we're going to spend most of an episode looking at sevens rules which means that the guys who don't like sevens don't have to listen but the guys who do we get some really good topics so yes chuck us your sevens crazy rules or just things you think make the game better because ben and i would love to talk through them Absolutely. Ben, I'm speaking for you, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm always up for uh, for trying crazy new things, especially like sort of community made rules. It's it's what the hobby's all about. Oh, absolutely! Just seems like a really good opportunity to talk blood bowl nonsense. Absolutely. Uh, cool. That is everything for the list of news, man. For some for, for something where there's not a lot of news, we managed to pad that out. Uh, we're good at that. <laughs> yeah. And talking about padding out, let's move into hobby. Okie dokie, hobby time. But before we move into hobby, I have literally just been messaged by Rob, friend of the podcast, Rob, who runs um, so much, so much Blood Bowl in Wales, uh, Carnage Cup and Secret Carnage Cup. And he's just sent me a message saying there is a tournament going on, which is going to be the Blood Bowl Throg Invitational, March 14th, at £2 entry. That's cheap. Yeah, three rounds Swiss format, three minute three minute time turns in order to fit okay. three games in. Uh, prize pot divided. That's quite cool. And they've got standard tiers and things like that. Standard lists. Um, skills are pretty ordinary. Unfortunately, right, it's going to be happening at Acme Games, and I am unfortunately very English, and this word has so many L's in it that are not. <laughs> And the problem is, I, I I don't know a lot about Welsh, but I do know that when you've got seven L's together, it's a different sound. So this, it, I'm just going to read it how it sounds. Landudno. So I don't know how that's supposed to be said, but it's Acme Games. Landudno. I'm really sorry, Wales. I'm really sorry. But yeah, there's a tournament happening there, and I think Rob's going. I saw Rob last. Saw Rob at the weekend. Great oh, guy. Brilliant. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Go along to that. But back to what we're actually going to be talking about, which is hobby. So, Ben, have you, what have you been doing around Blood Bowl the last the last couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, so like I said, since the last podcast, I, I've sort of been quite slow on the hobby. I'm, I'm, I'm doing like a couple of campaigns at the moment for other games, and I think they've kind of taken a little bit of a front bench just because of urgency. Um, so, I've, yeah, be doing a little bit, you know, kill team, 40k. Um, but, yeah, I did build the entire Pirates team. So, oh, that's good. They're all built then. They're all built. A um, little bit annoying. One, I had two duplicate arms for one oh. of the characters, so 
that's brutal. Yeah. So like, one of the Gutterungans had two left arms and was missing a right arm. But they did include a... I think it was... It was either one of the stretch guys actually on the team. It was like a, a rat with like a few mutations. I think he had like a prehensile tail and uh, I think he had something else. He had two heads, I think. And yeah. so I probably won't use that in the team because he's obviously got mutations. Um, so basically I stole one of his arms and put that on the gutter runner. And he actually looks quite good. I think I sent you a message, uh, like a picture of him, didn't I? I think and it so, kind yeah. of fits quite well, actually. Um, he looks. He doesn't really look too out of place. That is the good thing about Skaven is you can... You can chop and change them, and uh, it's you'll get away with it. You'll get away with it. It'll be fine because of the, because of the mutation side of it. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that, that was just a little bit annoying. Um, I know Rich had a, th- a couple of issues with his team, but to be honest, the, the, I didn't want to say anything because they got their hands full, and you know I've got the rest of it. It was just one arm. I don't want them to send the whole whole entire arm when I found a solution. So I'm not fussed. So, I'm really bad for this, but this is uh, this was Punga. Yes. This was Punga, not Grebo. This for some Punga. reason. Did I say Grebo? No, no, no. I said. Okay. I said. I just. I'm pretty sure every time I talk about these, I use the wrong name, and then people shout at me, which is probably fine. No, oh, this is Punga. Okay. So the models are really good, um, and yeah, well worth it. Um, so yeah, yeah. all built. Have you decided on your list for the tournament yet? I mean, you don't have to talk about uh, it on the show if you want yeah, to. Yeah, no, super I think secret. I do have a list. Uh, I do. I will find that list while you talk about you, how you've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, hobby-wise, I mean, I was very lucky in that I had my team all set for Mana Bowl, which was uh, my Chaos Halflings from YouTube. Like Everything else was painted up so I could just go along, and it was really nice. Apparently, not having to panic paint the team before a tournament is very stress-free. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> After failing several times, I finally got it right just by taking a team I already had. Um, Hobby-wise, what have I done? I've got the Fomoroid, which is a new model out for Warcry. Um, And he's really kind of like this Cyclops troll hybrid thing. And he comes on a 50 mil base or a 60 mil base, which means he would make a very suitable Blood Bowl giant. So if you're going to run him as a giant, you can. He's taller than ogres by about half again like the new ogres so he's he's on the way to being two human players tall he's a big model not as big as the windsor chog giant but but big he will fit on a 40 mil base so instead of running him as a giant i'm going to run him as a snow troll or something or just ice pelt or something i don't know nice. it's just too too cool a model to take uh, built oh, him up so good and yeah, model's lovely, goes together, get a choice of heads, has kind of a choice of arms. The, the downside is that he's, in one of his arms, he's he's carrying a big like stone block with chains on and things. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the end of the world, and you know, I'm going to put um, put bunting on the chains, so it looks like he's just torn apart of the, sta- the stadium oh, off. That's, throw a good people. I- that's a clever idea. I was looking at it, I was like, I really don't want to carve this off. Uh, yeah. How could I get around this? I know, little tiny triangles of a uh, Coke can. <laughs> I was like, that'll do. We'll make it brightly coloured and it will hopefully stand out against him. So, yeah, that have been. Um, so, I got him built. That was the first model I built in my new house, which is very nice. Oh. And it's not a bad one. And the second model, which you might be able to hear right now, is my Dankhold Trogoth that my parents let me buy for myself for Christmas. <laughs> Again, the best kind of gifts. Yeah, we did say that, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and this is going to be a giant, and it is going to be for Blood Bowl, because I've already got two built giants, and that is not enough. This one uh, will be for a goblin theme. My plan is to just have enough giants to run like a like a mini Titan Bowl at the club, um, and just have a load of different giants. And I have no doubt that I'll manage to squeeze this into YouTube somehow. We'll, we'll find a game. We'll, we can do a giant game if you want, where you choose, you get like... 1500 TV, choose a stunty team, have three giants. <laughs> oh, dude, that sounds fun. And you can I only did... use the stunties on the stunty team. Yeah. Did, we, did, I, did I talk about running the giant yet? Uh, I don't think you have. Oh, then I'm going to I'm gonna fool Leroy Jenkins into that, if that's right, then. Yeah, go ahead. All right, cool. So games-wise, I couldn't go to boys' night last night because I was work. I had work to do. I was working from home. I've managed to do that thing in the business where you're like, hey, I've done this great thing. And they go, that's really cool. We'd like you to do it again. And then, <laughs> and then you say, yeah, I can definitely do that on top of my normal workload. And yeah. then, um, yeah. So I had to do a thing, which is my own doing. So I was a bit, bit busy. So I actually couldn't because I was at home working on spreadsheets for my actual job, and uh, which wasn't all that bad, to be fair. And then, uh, but last Tuesday, I did get to go and I did get to play a game. So, um, don't know if we had someone drop out or something, but I ended up playing at Club Night in our league. And I'd already had one game with the Underworld and I didn't fancy running my Skaven because it was against Dan. I ran my Skaven against Dan a few weeks ago in the league. And he's got a 1600 TV Orc team. Yeah, they're, they're advanced, aren't they? It is horrible. It is just like guard, block, mighty blow. He's got dodge, black orcs. He's got everything. It was, it's a mighty team, and I didn't want to run the Skaven against him because we'd already played. I was like, no worries. I'll I'll run my underworld team. They've only had one game, so there's like no level ups, and they're nine hundred and sixty or something because I think a goblin died, uh, which sounds about right. And I was like, you know what? This gives me six hundred to take on inducements. I was like, this is going to be great. Dan, are you right if I take some inducements? He was like, yeah, no worries. I'm, you know, That's fine. I was like, cool, I'm going to take a giant. He's like, cool, <laughs> yeah. So I had the spike. And I was like, do you want to read through the rules before we play? He was like, no, no, it'll be fine. It's just a big player, right? And I was like, it's yeah, Dan, basically, basically, exactly. Dan is, he plays really, um, really well competitively at 40K. So he's not, he's not a stranger to, to rules, which is wicked. So I ended up taking the giant and Fezglitch who is the ball and chain for Underworld and Skaven, and a wizard, um, wow. which is, I know, an absolute ton of inducements. I ended up forgetting I had the wizard, which is okay. Oh, really? So Yeah, I didn't. I forgot. I forgot all about the wizard. That's okay. Um, the giant. So I got to run the giant in a league game, and, oh, man, I'm going to try not to get really excited. Let's, let's be, okay, let's be reasonable about this. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm going to take off all the sprinkles that were by glee at running this model. And uh, and it, it did really well. It didn't die. And I was thinking, all right, I'm going to deploy him on the line against a bunch of black orcs. He's got a strength five black orc. He's got guard everywhere. He's going to be, he's going to knock down the giant and he's going to be done for. And I think the giant only got knocked down once. Um, I imagine but, he probably ignored him, right? Not particularly, and this, I think, was why I got the advantage. So I did manage to pull out, I say pull off the win. I was cheeky as cheeky as chips, and I won 3-0 in what? the end. Yeah, this I know. It was it was crazy against that huge orc team. 
One of them was courtesy of a throw teammate by the giant. Oh, yes. And let me tell you <laughs> that he's got, because he's giant, he re-rolls fumbled throw teammates. Oh, and okay. I pulled it off. He, he re-rolled the fumbled throw teammate, made the throw, goblin landed it, boom, straight in for a touchdown. It was wicked. Brilliant. <laughs> Um, multiple block on the line is really good with strength seven and mighty blow as well. Oh um, yeah, yeah. He wasn't. I wouldn't say he was taking out orcs left, right, and center, but he was holding his own and he was popping a couple down. And what ended up happen happening was that he would basically take up four or five orcs, which meant I kind of had the numbers around the edge. And orcs are not a fast team, so I had his big guys against you know his, his black orcs who are slow moving against my giant and if they took the giant out or pushed him back what well, giant's got to stand firm so they're not escaping they're not dodging because they're edge two so he kind of took up four or five players off dan's team so that the rest of my team could then hunt as a pack and uh yeah i did this one absolutely crazy play and i apologize to dan afterwards but this we I knocked out knocked down his ball carrier. A goblin ran in, picked up the ball, did a goblin throw, and <laughs> which was cool to another goblin, and that goblin just ran up the other side of the pitch and then scored a touchdown on the next turn. Stunted and he was like, plays. honestly, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and I think this is why I really like Underworld is because you're like, yeah, I've got some players, and then I've got some nonsense, and it, this might work, and you're just like, yeah, three plus, three plus. Ooh, and a four plus pass. Yeah, made it. And three plus, and yeah, okay, I'm alive. And if they don't, it's fine. Stunties uh, are good. Stunties are. are good with the do the dodge. Stunty is really strong. <laughs> this is something I did not manage to channel at the weekend, which is very sad. But yeah, I did manage to 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 somehow pull off a, a three nil win with nine hundred and X TV underworld against sixteen hundred with the help of a giant and Fezglitch. Fezglitch didn't do a great deal. He got counter sacked. Yeah. It, it, Dan, Dan played it brilliantly. He was like, and guard, guard, and punch, and die. I was like, yeah, well, it was worth the shot. Uh, but the giant survived. Would you say the giant then, like from what you were describing there, would you say it was more the presence of the giant that did more than the giant itself? Like the fact it was there taking up all the all tackle zones and being Ab just quite distracting and scary? Absolutely. Yeah. And so this is what I say. If you're going to run a giant, um, first of all, 20 points to you. But, but but secondly, don't expect great things. It's just a big troll. Yeah. It's it's just a big troll with um, extra tackle zones. And you put him on the line and support him. So I was putting goblins with him so that he couldn't get the outnumbering advantage. I mean, he had guard, but it just it just helped matters. And yeah, they, he takes up a lot of space on the line. And if they can't dodge away from him, they can't push him back. You, you, he, he will keep people in base contact. Which is what happened, which meant the rest of my team could just sort of mooch around and do things. I, I don't think that was something I considered when I was looking at the rules for him. No. It's interesting. Uh, Sounds good. Yeah, I think if I was going to play against a giant, I would just feed him a zombie and leave him to it. Yeah. Just uh, distract him. Just yeah. keep him but still. But he's got four tackle zones on the line of scrimmage. And I don't think there's any way to deploy... Three guys on the line of scrimmage, seven squares. Yeah, you can deploy so that only one is in it, but then you're massively leaning towards one side. So yeah, I was really impressed because it it changed the game in a way I wasn't expecting. And hey, getting a free reroll to throw your teammate was wicked. Yeah, that's brilliant. 
yeah, that was cool. So that was my that was my Blood Bowl game. Uh, sorry, we how you were looking at the uh, the Punga guys? No, your yeah, list. So, yeah, your so list. I, found, I did find the list. Um, pretty basic, actually. Uh, ogre, two blitzers, four gutters, one thrower, rest lineman. That's right, and three rerolls. Three rerolls. Yep. Yeah, pretty because standard. Because that's, that's your standard uh, one million build plus 150k. You just get the rat ogre on top. Yep. Yeah. That's good. So, thirteen players. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah thirteen okay. players. I like this build. This is good, Ben. This will be really good. Yeah. So I've got six normal skills to take on them because they're tier one in this tournament. Okay. Okay. So, six skills is quite decent. You can't good. stack them, can you? No. You've got three rerolls, so you don't necessarily need leader. No, I haven't taken leader. Okay. So. Uh, I don't know if you're if you're willing to talk to us about skills and, and give away your oh, master absolutely. plan. Oh, absolutely. Who cares? <laughs> I'm just going to show off the pirates. Let's, um, let's, let's talk the master plan then. Yeah, so I stuck Juggernaut on the ogre. Again, there's no doubles, so otherwise I would have put Claw on him. Yep, yep. Um, Jogs is, is good. If you're going to blitz with him, you get two blocks. You, yeah, that's yeah, really good. It saves my bloodthirst so many times from my corn team having Juggernaut. <laughs> Juggernaut with yeah. Frenzy without blocks. You kind of need uh, it. And the right ogre is a tiny bloodthirster, so that makes sense. He is, yeah. Um, the both blitzers have guard. Yeah, guard is really, really, really good. Yeah. It's difficult for Skaven, um, because you generally speaking don't want anyone to be in base contact. If you're gonna hunt with these guys as a pack, then that works great. I think. To be honest, it's mostly there because I really liked having guard with the blood. Th- Again, I'm treating this as the corn team. Oh, they I have not considered that. Like this. It's really nice when you've got the big guy doing his frenzy blocks. Oh, that is really clever. I didn't yeah. consider that. Because he gets caught that. out really easily. So yeah, he can just mash into a cage and not have to worry too much about it. Because you put guard guys on the side and he's yeah. two, maybe even three die blitzing in there. Yeah, or even if he's up against another strength five piece. He- you get the advantage. Yeah. Um, he's got Mighty Blow, but can't take Claws because you don't have any doubles. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, now, here's kind of where I want your opinion, because you're a Skaven master. Um, <laughs> I do enjoy Skaven. I've gone accurate on the thrower. Interesting. And I've got two gutters, one with sprint and one with wrestle, and two without skills. Um, Is there any gutter? Wrestling gutter is great. Yeah. Like, you're going to have a tough time dodging into big cages, but if you you can put a guard guy on the side, he can jump in there, and a one die wrestle, one die wrestle is great fun. Yeah. Uh, what's the other gutter got? He's got sprint. Now I'm not so sure about this. I was is, I was considering sprint or catch, where I have like the accurate thrower having that little like cheeky play might come in handy, but that that would be know. a huge huge play. Uh, you cannot go wrong with a blodging gutter. Do you reckon? Yeah, and I don't think because of the movement of the Skaven, you you don't you won't need to throw very often. The 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 thrower yeah. is movement seven, gutters are nine. You can chain so easily. Like if the ball lands in one side, the the thrower goes back and does a quick pass to another gutter. That gutter then runs up to the gutter on your front line and hands off. And then that other gutter with another gutter mm. in support or two is nine squares up the pitch with a side cage, uh, a proper launch pad technique. So. Do you reckon if you two blodging gutters instead then? You cannot go wrong with two blodging gutters. But with the thrower, I'm going to make a suggestion, and it's entirely up to you. Okay. But in- instead of accurate and going for the throw game, kickoff return. Ooh, that's interesting. 
basically it makes him movement 10 when you're receiving he's already got sure hands and you really only want to be making a quick pass which is going to be a three plus with a reroll because he's got pass so you place him at the back uh probably three squares in from the end zone they place the ball he gets three squares to move closer wherever that ball lands uh he's going to be real close and probably close enough to pull off a, a quick a mm. quick pass with him or you know let's face it a short pass is not terrible in your backfield when you're passing to gutters uh, yeah don't know okay I, that's interesting i love i do love kickoff return on skaver yeah they really go all out for that movement because that's their strength isn't it and you may as well play to that absolutely absolutely yeah. sounds like sounds like we need a practice game yeah that'd be fun um yeah i might swap out sprint for block then i think i had sprint in my mind to pull off like a one turn and you can't really do that without some movement skill ups so oh, you can but it's really difficult yeah i'm and, not up for that <laughs> well normally i'd say it's quite it's a really good skill like to be able to pull off that kind of move but hour and a half time yes. um, limit in this tournament is going to make those complicated blocking situations really difficult and i think having 15 minutes left to go and you receiving on a one nil draw actually kick off return get the ball pass it up there three gutters on the sideline you've blitzed a hole mobbed their team they get one blitz in against your side gutter and then you're two plus dodging for a touchdown it's definitely worth considering or even leap um, yeah that's an option actually leap on a three plus if you've got three team re-rolls it's great like because you're right three plus with a re-roll and then two plus with a re-roll for a touchdown yeah yeah, that's, that's dangerous. Uh, I had to forgo kick as well. I normally always take kick. Kick so. is great. Yeah, uh, kick so kick kick is is kind of win more. I think. Yeah, uh, I know that because I have one more using kick with skate. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, dropping it there, mobbing, steel ball, run off with it. It's just horrible, and you can't they can't win. But I think you're going to be winning more on two nil and two ones with uh, this kind of build. Okay. Uh, that would be my advice anyway but I am not a master with Skaven but I'm not I've learnt how not to play <laughs> okay alright love yeah, a practice game we do need yeah. to get these practice games in um, otherwise have you, have you got any more games in on the league? Uh, no so I think we talked about my only game last time because when you were playing I was playing some Necromunda ah uh, gotcha so, so I didn't Necromunda. have another league game so you played Necromunda and Kill Team the last two weeks. Yep, not great Blood Bowl, but good oh, fun games. Not. They're not bad games. Yeah, Necromunda is not a bad game. And I've only played a few games of Kill Team, so I can't really get that off. Uh, yeah. Cool. So that's uh, me for hobby, me for games, apart from the ones I played at Mana Bowl, which we're going to talk about next. Yeah. Um, so I guess the real question for you, Ben, is hobby-wise, Blood Bowl, in the future, you're going to be working in a Grebo team, aren't you? Punga, see, Punga, did it. you did it again. Yeah. Oh no! It's <laughs> to like be a honest, I've been talking prophecy. Yeah. I've been talking about a Green Bay team this podcast for like five weeks with the corn one. So naturally, yeah, yeah. So no. you got that one to build. Yes. I need to figure out which elf team I'm gonna gonna be. In fact, listeners out there, uh, tier one is six skills, and tier two is six skills with a double. Do I take wood elves or do I take pro elves? Let me know your thoughts, and we'll move on to Monable. Yes, indeed. So last Saturday was the 22nd of February, and I got to go up to Birmingham and play in the third Marnable Stunty Cup. I think. How was that? Oh, dude, it was such good fun. So 
just to preface this, I, well, we both are Southampton-based, so Birmingham is about two and a half, two and three quarter hour journey, which which was fine, actually, because Saturday morning, I'd left at seven, I was there too early, I was there so early the place wasn't even open, uh, and, <laughs> I got, and I got a McDonald's breakfast on the way, so, you oh, know, brilliant. that's, yes, yeah, not a bad journey, not a bad journey at all. Um, I've been to the last two, I think, yeah, Rich, yeah, Rich came to both the last two, and um, it's always good fun. So, I we spoke about on the episode before, Mana Bowl is a tournament run in uh, Geek Retreat in in Birmingham and it uses the stunty league rules from Fumble so it's weird teams you've got the regular stunty teams so goblins um, ogres and halflings but there are also these additional teams like squig herders and chaos halflings and chaos halflings is the team I took you love your chaos things don't you (laughs) dude they're such good fun they're so good they're so much fun so it's the team I built for YouTube um, but then when we ran Tombstone, Chaos Halflings were in there because they were like, we need all the Chaos teams. I was like, yeah, very much on board with that. So I built the team for that, I think, actually. So I got my two Chaos spawn. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to talk through my list. I'm going to talk through my games and just wrap up with, actually, the cool bit of the event. And then following that, I've got an interview with the TO that we recorded at the uh, at the venue of the day. So it's a bit loud. There's background noise, but it was good to catch up with him. So sound all right to you, Ben? Yeah, sounds good. That's good cracking. Okay, cool. So I took Chaos Halflings. So Chaos Halflings is a stunty league team. I think we've spoken about it before on the podcast, but let me just get my notes. Here we go. And so I took two Chaos Halfling Chaos Spawns. So these are basically bad Minotaurs. Uh, <laughs> they are. It's really sad. Yeah. They're 160, I think. They come with a ridiculous amount of skills. They're five five two eight, which is a, is the same as a is the same as a minotaur. But they've got a loner, wild animal, frenzy, horns, mighty blow, thick skull. They've also got regeneration, which is cool, and, and yeah, and throw teammate and always hungry. So <laughs> the reason they're worse minotaurs is because in this list you've got halflings. So throw teammate is kind of important for halfling teams. Uh, not so good with wild animal. No, yeah, because you need four plus to do that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did pull off a throw teammate. I did in my first game, and that was awesome. But it also failed a couple more times, and it's oh, it was so disappointing. So I took two of these guys, and I gave them both claw. Okay, so the reason I gave them claw because it this is the this is the stunty league. So all the lines guys are goblins, halflings, pygmies. Everybody's armor six or seven they've got strength one or two that's that's your lineman but the thing about the stunty league teams and just think about the three stunty main leagues right you've got two trolls you've got five ogres you've got two treemen probably three because of deep root you know there's always big guys and we've seen this from well from the sevens uh, youtube show that actually if you can take out the big guys in a stunty team you get a huge advantage the idea is Mm. so this was my strategy this was right cool i'll take out the big guys and then i'll farm and i'll feast on the minions and have a great day and uh it didn't really happen (laughs) (laughs) so i ended up taking this claw and i was like i just i wish i'd changed my skills up and given one of them tackle or something because actually that would have been around there oh my goodness me it was (laughs) it was great to get three light blocks really easily but it doesn't matter when everything on there is just like and dodge and miss or blooming 
both down all the blooming time with these guys. It was just awful. Um, yeah. So that, my main part of that strategy was, right, boom, I'll take out the big guys. It'll be a great time. Uh, I failed. <laughs> oh. It was good fun to try. So on the list, I also had two carvers. So Chaos Halfling carvers. They're basically chainsaw. Chainsaw, dodge, right stuff. Secret weapon 7 plus. So I think we touched on the secret weapon 7 plus last time. Yeah. Recap. Yeah, so uh, if you've got a secret weapon with a number in Secret League, basically the opponent has to roll 2d6 at the end of a drive or whatever, and if they meet that secret weapon score, the weapon's sent off. Otherwise, it sneaks by unnoticed. The idea is that the Secret League is not run as well as the main leagues, which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah. love it. So add two chainsaws. And then I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight regular halflings. I gave two of them extra arms and one of them horns. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. So the skills were five regular or three regular and a double or two doubles and a normal. And I was like, well, I like claws because actually these guys are going to be taking out the big ones. It, you know, so I was like, I'll just take five normals. It'll be absolutely fine. Extra arms where it's plus one to catch and it's plus one to pick up. So they've also they've already got dodge and stunty, so they're dodging everyone a three plus. I actually thought it'd be really useful to give these guys plus one to catch for throw teammate or plus one to pick up rolls. And when they weren't murdered in a game, that, that worked out that worked <laughs> it worked out really well to the point that actually in my underworld team, I'm actually thinking that extra arms is a great skill for goblins. Yes, pretty good. I mean if you can't get sure hands you pick Again, up this plus skill. one, yeah. Yeah, she's so just two plus picking up the ball in the open. It was really useful. Yeah. And horns seemed like a great idea as well because I figured he could just three plus dodge in somewhere and then strength three blitzing in a stunty league environment is basically mm. two dice. And yeah. I'm pretty sure that did work a couple of times where I was just like horns guy running there, not the ball carrier out. And then um, generally speaking, he got murdered on the swing back. But that's that's kind of what stunty league is. It's, it's like a whole row of glass cannons firing at each other. I know um, horns is quite a regular, <laughs> quite a popular skill choice in like underworld teams and renegade teams. That's exactly it. And things just for yeah. that reason, you know. Well, yeah. The stunty dodging into cages is is brilliant. And if you can get uh, a doubles on a gutter runner as well, again, not a bad yeah. skill. Yeah, for exactly the same reason. So, stunty league, they've got some very cool star players, and the build was eleven hundred. So I took mincemeat the mad butcher. Who is five two three six loner dodge stunty stab and multiple block and right stuff actually but yeah so the idea was this guy's multi block stabber in an environment where your average guy's armor six or seven I was like this this is going to be great fun mm. um, and was it? it was it was <laughs> it was so one thing I hadn't considered is that the the prevalence of big guys means that there's going to be very few sweet targets on the main line. Um, so, but he did run around and stab some stuff. He stabbed a tree. That was wicked. Oh, Loved really? that. Yeah, stabbed him. Rolled an eleven. Stunned that tree. <laughs> that was good fun. Um, and he just ran around stabbing stuff. It, it worked out all right. Um, he's only eighty k, oh. so it was a bargain. And, and talking of bargains, I took Lawbass. So Lawbass is a character that was a that was a dark elf basically, but he was a a shunned dark elf because he kind of. So you know the movie Elf, yeah? Yeah. Where there are elves and then there is this tall, clumsy guy. This Lorbas is like the reverse of that. 
Um, the Will Ferrell of Blood Bowl. Yeah, he's like the reverse of that. Yeah, exactly, the Will Ferrell of Blood Bowl. But he, this guy's small and a bit rubbish. Okay. So, so he's basically an Age 3 Dark Elf, but he comes with some great skills for Stunty. First of all, in a Stunty land, Strength 3 is, a, is, is great. So he's the big Strength 3 guy with Movement 6. Diving Tackle, very useful for Dodgers. Kick, very useful for, for, for a lack of general skills. Uh, he also had Stand Firm, uh, stunting and thick skull so stand firm is really useful for him because he could perform a, a, a he basically became a strength uh, uh, basically a black orc with stand firm like put him on the edge of a cage he's strength three and he's got stand firm he's he's, he's covering you really well mm. lawbass did great for me actually i really pleased with him and i finished up with uh three re-rolls and a fan factor so that was my list and i think i've talked about my strategy which was uh, strike hard, take out the big guys, run the chainsaws in, finish them off, then murder on the line with my stabby guy. It's a great plan. Yeah, it, it, it didn't quite work out, and and we'll we'll go we'll go to my first game. So first game was against a really great guy called Owen. He's been to all three as well, and um, I don't know if I played him in the last two times, but he's a lovely, lovely chap, and he took regular halflings. So this list, the Butterbeer Rabble, was two halfling, uh, two Treemen, sorry, 12 halflings, all straightforward halflings, nothing fancy, so no hefties, no catches. This is the Grognard build. Have they been added into Stunty League? Uh, because, no, because it's Stunty League plus the three Stunty teams. Okay, so they kind of update with... Yeah, yeah, so those three teams sit outside. Um, he took Carla Von Kill and Puggy... And those two worked great in this environment. And Carla is going to be our star player of the week because playing against her was a bit of a revelation. And uh, <laughs> there is a, there is a reason that Carla is taken so often in Halflings. And she did real good work. So this game, I ended up with Fame Plus... No, he ended up with Fame Plus 2. That was right. It was bad. Uh, no. Yeah, so... I lost the kickoff roll, and and I don't think I considered how important the kickoff roll was going to be. Uh, so I ended up deploying my guys, and I knew I was playing against regular halflings. So I was like, he might go for a throw teammate. So I deployed offset, put three halflings on the line, and it was a real grind the first half. Like, yeah, we both had some terrible rolls and. The Chaos Spawn were okay. It was really, really interesting game. Turns out Owen likes to play a run game with the Halflings, which worked really well. And so how, did, how did you do that? What, so what, what no, you? Well, you know what Halflings are like. Normally they're just cheeky. You know, make some terrible dodge rolls and throw a guy and hope he doesn't die. Yeah. Basically, Owen didn't do that. <laughs> right, okay. So he controlled the ball in his backfield. He brought it up with a controlled cage. And he did his very best to move his trees around. Now, his, true, his trees were terrible and kept rooting. Uh, but he played a real tight game. He rage-funneled my spawn, my chaos spawn, off to one side and basically moved his cage down the other side. And right. it was... He, he, he eight-turn touchdowned me in the first half, which was yeah. incredible. Like, dwarf, dwarf halflings. Yeah, well, this is it. In that environment, they're just as tough. And I've got to say, the lack of negatraits in that team was, was really good. Yeah. But I developed a great strategy. 
which I had not considered before. I was looking at my list and I was like, I've got no ball hawk, right? There's no one there to take out the ball. And I was looking at his cage. I was looking at where the ball was. I was like, I don't know how I can dodge someone in there. I don't know how I can get the block. And then I realized that I had a chainsaw. Two of them, right? Well, yeah, but obviously you only run one at a time. But dude, dodging a stunty right stuff dodge chainsaw in there is awesome in a stunty environment. So he had a, a, a halfling with a with the ball armor six you try try and roll less than a six with a chainsaw right <laughs> you managed it didn't you uh, no no, no oh, it, was, okay. it, was, it was beautiful so this, this, i thought this was going to be a, a disaster no the chainsaw did great took carla out for a couple of turns as well uh yeah so dodging into a cage with a chainsaw and you just like mowing the ball carrier down you avoid you avoid dodge you avoid stunty I, I cannot recommend dodging chainsaws in take out the ball like enough. Like it's just the best thing in the world. Do um, the uh so do the chaos chainsaws have dodge? Yeah, they do. Because I think the regular like I think goblin ones that don't. They don't. You're exactly yeah. right. But if you're gonna run a goblin team at a tournament or you get a regular skill up with a chainsaw, dodge. Seriously. Yeah. You think you don't you think about the chainsaw coming in and mopping up, don't you? Yeah. Actually, blitzing with a chainsaw it is is genius when you don't roll awful like <laughs> you know so i ended up losing the game 2-1 and it was it was it was well, I was one nil down and i think i got did i pull off the one turn i did so nice. he he won the kick so i kicked to him he set up he killed my guys he ground down the league down the down the line and then it was my turn 8 and i pulled off the one turn touchdown with a chaos spawn and he was like well done I had no idea it was going to work. I was like, it's a four plus. He made it. I made. I got some great scatters. It was just meant to be. And then I received the ball in the second half. And it was just a struggle. And he ended up turning over the ball. Did a superb job. And the very last turn of the half, uh, Owen made some great plays. And it was a four plus dodge, three plus dodge. And then two go for it to get the touchdown. I stacked everything I could over there to stop it. But mm. I just couldn't hold off. So I lost my first game. It was a really tight game. It was really good fun. Like it was a really weird game. <laughs> it was I mean, you know, this is one thing I absolutely love about Stunty League, is you will never play this game again. No. You, in that environment, with those things that happen, you know. You're in a league, yeah. You, you know you're going to play loads of games against orcs, and they're going to be quite similar in some ways. Yeah, this was a ridiculous game of blah blah. blah. I don't, th- I don't think I'll ever repeat. We we ended up going one side of the pitch to the other side of the pitch. There were turnovers. There was, it was, it was excellent fun. It was exactly the reason I was at the Stunty Cup. Yeah, I can't say for Stunty League because I mean I've, I've never been, but it's the exact reason I like all the tournaments that that you run. With like the the mixed team, and I know you touched on this a little bit with Sean in a bit, but you're exactly yeah. right, man. Like you you take that and you play some games you will not play again, or exactly. you won't have played before, and this was exactly right. So that was Owen, and he did a great job, and it made me feel good about myself getting a loss because I was like, okay, you know what? He outplayed me, got the edge, won, and then I played against probably the craziest team at the tournament. Which was the new Snots order, and it was Chris. It was a guy called Chris, and this team was awesome, Ben. I think you would have really, really loved it. Yeah. Uh, it's the Snotling build. It's the Snotling team. 
and snarling too. Man, they've got three trolls, and they've got pump wagons and splatter wagons, and <laughs> it's a crazy team. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna read through his build, and then I'll touch on what these guys do. Uh, oh. We had okay. He had three trolls, one of them with multiple block, and two of them with guard. Okay, he, which you know we love multiple block, and. Yeah guard on the big guys his angle was actually on the line would beat the big guys it was really weird it was like there was definitely this adeptus titanicus under theme (laughs) (laughs) with stunty which is okay the big guys battle and then whoever wins that has the edge uh so have you have you had a chance to look at the secret the secret league snotling team uh you've sent him over haven't you yeah Okay. Yeah, I did have a look at this, and <laughs> you're gonna have to tell me what a splatter wagon is. <laughs> so, a, a splatter wagon is a small pump wagon, and a pump wagon is a it's basically a chariot. But okay. It's it's moved by. So you, you remember like old cartoons where there's two guys and they're pushing these handled seesaws, and it makes the train go. Oh yeah, little minecart kind of yeah. Yeah, it's a snotling pump wagon. Is one of those, and brilliant. They are. They are awesome they are actually awesome they're 80k uh movement four strength six edge one armor nine ball and chain secret weapon six plus and no hands so they're not they're, so <laughs> they're move four ball and chain okay they're only strength six but in a stunty league environment uh, that's fine like <laughs> yeah that's pretty good <laughs> and he had two of them so his first deployment was three trolls and Two pump wagons. Oh, that's it, crazy. It was crazy. So, and he had a snotling uh, splatter wagon as well, which was 70k, move six, strength four, ball and chain. Let me tell you, strength movement six is very fast when you've got a ball and chain. <laughs> yeah, that's just a lot of people a- you're going through. Absolutely terrifying. Uh, we got three snotling goons, which are 40,000. Uh, strength five are... Oh no, movement five, strength one. See, I'm just used to these big guys now. So, five, one, three, five. Diving, tackle, dodge, right stuff, sidestep, stunty, titchy. Pretty normal, but they come with diving, tackle, which in a stunty environment is really good. Yeah. Uh, he gave one of them sure hands, and then he had the snotling mobs. So, snotling mobs are 2,500 each, because in the stunty league, things come in, you know, they come in 5,000. Um, mm-hmm. five one three five dodge regeneration right stuff sidestep stunty and thick skull and two heads and the reason for this is because each snotling mob is basically meant to be one or two snotling players it's a really clever way of representing the amount of them as is regeneration yeah so, I think they just get replaced <laughs> yeah so I, I killed a couple of them and they just came back like because there was just all those spare snotlings lying around, which is really thematic. I really like that. It's funny that they're not titchy, though. So the goons are titchy because you've got a single one. Then the mobs, they lose the titchy. But they get two heads instead. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. So they're still dodging around everywhere on a 2+. plus. I'm not quite sure why. I'm sure there's a build reason for that, but yeah, it does the same thing. So his his list was huge. He had all these trolls and these brilliantly home scrap-built pump wagons and three river trolls basically so the line of scrimmage was abs- was just a state <laughs> yeah but all these big bases against my big guys and things and the first round was just awful he won the kick 
I lost the kick again, so I didn't get to alpha strike any big guys. And he just mangled the people I put on the line with troll blocks and pump wagons driving over them. It was just horrific. But I did the thing with the chainsaw again. Which, when they're armour 5, is even more effective. <laughs> You're winning on snake eyes, aren't you? Well, you just, <laughs> you just dodge in, and then, yeah, as long as you don't kick, kick back... And yeah, you're right. Don't roll snake yeah. eyes. You break the armor. So, so I weathered the first thing. I did manage to uh, chaos spawn in and take out a pump wagon, because mighty blow claws. I was like, boom! Took out a pump wagon. I was like, this this feels better. Um, then I ended up turning over the ball with the chainsaw and Lorbas, my boy, took it all the way down the other side, and. I got my first touchdown on the defense. I was like, "This is fantastic!" It was about the end of the second half, so we, you know, we set up and uh, then we went into the second half. And I was like, "I'm receiving. This is fine. We can start moving the ball up." I, I, I don't want to say I made a mistake, but I hadn't considered that the splatter wagon was not the same as a pump wagon. Right. So, I had this movement six thing that just. So I was like, right. I went hard right with my little tiny cage of tiny chaos people and then this little splatter wagon just mowed it down the back line oh, and i'm no. pretty sure i had a couple of go for it as well so it moved like eight squares just <laughs> through everybody and was right there present and it was absolutely awful um i don't think i managed to alpha strike it or anything i think i just managed to squeeze my way through take out as many snotlings as i could and then Lorbass again just blitzed his way out because blitzing with strength three in a stunty environment is really good Especially when they're only strength one on their regular well, it's like And three dice. Now, sidestep was brilliant. Um, I just He just kept mobbing my ball carrier, mobbing my ball carrier. And I yeah. ended up basically having to make a cheeky dodge to a handoff and then blitz out. And it, the thing is, movement six, all these snotlings are strength five and he couldn't get any good defensive blocks. And I, I, once, once you kind of got distance, he couldn't catch up. And I think that's the downside of this Snotling team. Is I think this team would do great in a regular league. Yeah, because I mean, you even see like Noblars be annoying. Because yeah, like, you say these, like, the these guys, step and these guys are worse, and yeah. they come with pump wagons and three trolls. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to have to try and find a way to make these teams legal in something because they're so much fun. Uh, Chris was great. He had a terrible first game and. He ended up losing 2-0 to me in the second game. He, he had a tough day. <laughs> he had a tough Great day. Job. But his, his team looked awesome. And it was such good fun. So yeah. that was my you second game. the spirit game. of the Stunty League, which yeah. I, you know, that's a real victory. And I tell you what, I went into the third round and I was like, right, I've won one, lost, lost, well, lost one, but that was a last turn touchdown. So I was like, you know, that's not bad. I'm feeling okay about this. And then I came up against one of the most beautifully painted teams I've seen in a very long time. And this was Steve, Steve Goblins. So on Twitter, InstaFace and Facebook, I put a picture of each of my games. It's a far so pictures. You can't necessarily see it. But this Goblin team was incredibly well painted. It was really crisp, really clear. And the basing was done brilliantly. Um, so Steve was running regular Goblins. So I played a regular Halfling team and a regular Goblin team. Hmm. I was like, oh, I was kind of hoping for some craziness. But I was like, okay, Goblins, I can do this. It turns out I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was always thinking this when you're describing like Stunty League. I would always think like I think I said it with the halflings actually when on the day. 
like they're like the pro elves of a. That's exactly <laughs> it. Like, you, you goblins did. Goblins are really good. <laughs> this got goblins just smashed me, and I'm gonna like. I don't believe in getting diced because I believe in making every decision with the view that it's gonna fail. Okay, so you, you set it up. But I had just my first half. I did about eight rolls, and it was just and one into one. And I did this block, and it was both down. And I had to try and do the the loner roll, and it was no good. And I just got creamed. It was brutal. Um, made a lot of cheeky plays. Like had a great game against Steve. Steve just did the goblin thing, ran down, just used his advantage. Um, used his guys great I did keep blitzing with the chainsaw which was awesome and then I think he destroyed the chainsaw his his loony his fanatic just went to town and took out so much of my team uh, it yeah was, it looks like he took kind of one of each of the crazy goblin positions didn't he he had a, a loony fanatic pogo ooligan and a doom diver yeah and fungus the loon so he actually oh, yeah. set up on his first half as he won the kickoff again I was like oh just once I wanted to roll the kickoff table and uh yeah, two fanatics. It, it was it was it was awful. It was carnage. He played really well. Uh, the trolls were great, and he had a Windsor trog, Windsor trog troll. So I was like, oh, yeah, nice. really, really, really beautifully painted. Uh, but yeah, he and my dice conspired against me. But <laughs> he played really, really well. Um, See, so apparently, he ran the goblin team at the UKTC uh, earlier in the oh, year. Cool. Yeah, he went with a little um, stunty team. There was Underworld with no Skaven and I think Halflings as well and his Goblin team. So he, he, he knew how to play them and he did he did a superb job and it was a really good, really good game. Um, but it was a really fast game, so we were done quite early. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're saying. Yeah, I know. I popped up. Like, we oh, just like, Are you okay? <laughs> oh, oh, it was it was carnage, but it was good fun. I got to do loads of ridiculousness with the chainsaw. And which which is what I won. So yeah, I ended up going uh, one win and two losses, which is the worst result I've ever put up in a tournament. Which is uh, which is fine because, and this is what I talked about at the beginning. This was not a tournament for me. This was a game day. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. I, I went to play some games I would never play again with a team I would hardly ever get to run. And I got that. And it, actually, it was kind of good running against a regular halfling team and a regular goblin team because it kind of was like, okay, I know how these teams play. And we yeah. still ended up with a very different game. Yeah, because, I mean, your team was very different. And so they would have to play differently. Different dynamic. Yeah, it was that, that irregular matchup where you, you don't come across it very often, which was, which was exactly the reason why I travelled up there. And... I suppose my message to everybody out there is just if you see a fun build thing like this, yes, it's not a big tournament. I think there was 14, 14 players this time. Yeah, 14 players this time, 14 players last time and eight the time before. But it it doesn't matter because if you go to a tournament with 100 people, you're going to play three games. Mm-hmm. You go to a tournament with 14 people, you're, you're going to play three games. It yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Uh, it kind of just means that you'll be able to get lunch easier, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's nice to see the variety of teams. But I remember we said this last time about Beachhead. It's often we didn't get to see all the teams; they were almost like too many. Exactly. Um, so yeah. being part of a huge tournament is a heck of an event. And you know what? Beachhead was nearly forty coaches, and it was awesome to be part so of something good. that was such a battleground. But it was just as much fun 
at a small tournament with a bunch of crazy teams it, it just don't be afraid and if you've got a choice to go to two tournaments and one is a massive one and one is a local one with a funny rule set like just just think about why you're why you're playing and why you want to go and you know i can't make that decision for you it's going to be a tough decision for me every single time whether i go to a naf 60 man tournament or a non naf 18 man tournament with crazy rules and it just it just depends what you want and you can get any you can get what you want out of either of them like it doesn't matter just don't give up on a tournament because it's a small one don't not go because it's a small one because you're going to play the same amount of blood bowl you're just going to see different things yeah so you enjoyed it then Good oh day. dude it was great fun it was great it was to- nice to uh to play a tournament rather than <laughs> run one for a change right <laughs> honestly there was a huge element of that like right i'm not running yeah. this one i don't i've got a team ready <laughs> all i had to do was drive for six hours yeah and you know i was very unhealthy i had a mcdonald's breakfast and a kfc on the way home at some station uh the service <sighs> station what a day yeah it was great i played three games of blood bowl had cups of tea brought to me because geek retreat is awesome and really? any, any yeah nice. yeah they do that as well <laughs> exactly it's the same kind yeah. of thing and um it was great to, it was a great bunch of great bunch of coaches and when everyone's there to play against craziness there's like no competitive i say there's no competitive element there, there is and obviously you're always playing to win but you understand that this puzzle is going to be a puzzle it's like a puzzle that's one in a million as opposed to a puzzle that's one in a hundred. Like, yeah. Breaking the meta, very difficult. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's just cool. And the modeling of the opportunities with the teams. So the winner in the end was the same winner as the last two tournaments. Well, he knows what he's doing with Stunty. It, it's just ridiculous. Uh, let me just... Let me just get the... I'm just going to get the leaderboard up. Don't want too much dead air. But basically, the first time round, I, I was wrong. I thought that um, I thought that the Squig team won, but they didn't. So second place in this tournament... We'll, we'll start with third place because it sounds better. Owen, the chap I played first time round, came in third with his regular halfling team. Here we go. So, oh, bless him. The Snotling team came in dead last. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, dead last. Not a good day for him. Now, there was 14 teams there. I, I still didn't I didn't get to see all of the teams. It's really funny. Like, uh, it doesn't oh, matter okay. how big a tournament is. You're still going to miss people. So, yes, uh, <laughs> team first place was Mike with his skink team. So, not a regular skink team. This is a special stunty league team. And... It was this event was called Revenge of the No Revenge of the Squig was the second one. This time was Reign of the Skink, the Man of Wild Stunty Cup three because he had won. Mike had won with his Skinks last time, so Sean was basically like, "Hey, you should probably run the Skinks again so you can get challenges." And he won again. <laughs> I was, I, I mean, we won't talk too much, but I, I, I feel like Skinks would be really Skinks are good players. They're not Stunty players, like they have Stunty, but they're not Stunty players. <laughs> Yeah, they must yeah. be very mean in this. It's a they're... real fast team. They've got some good edge. There's a couple of strength one players on their roster, but it's a beast of a team. And um, yeah, he's won now twice with it. So Mike yeah. went three and zero with a team called Two in the Pink, 
And nice. yes, Harry, who ran the Squigs every year so far, Squig teams done brilliantly. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if he was at the last one. I think he might have been. Um, he came in second. So Mike won with 59 points and Harry came second with 58. It was really close. Ooh. And there's a proper rivalry between these two because they, yeah. they, they played each other for the final in the first one. And then they played the first game of the second round. And I don't think Mike has lost a game of Stunty Cup. Um, wow. Yeah, it was awesome. Then there was Owen. Then it was Paul. Then it was Steve, the goblin guy. Then Rob, which was, in fact, was that Rob, Rob? I'm not fair sure. the podcast, Rob? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. He's two players. There's three Robs. Okay, fair enough. Uh, then Chris, then, yep, friend of the podcast, Rob, came in eighth with his halfling, pro halfling team. Then it was me with my chaos things in ninth. Then Danny, then Sean himself with his cool little nurgling team. And then Ashley, Rob... And Chris for the for the for the rules and you know I I didn't I didn't too too bad I suppose three touchdowns scored four given away eight casualties scored and ten given away which isn't too terrible no and I feel like chaos halflings probably aren't the strongest of the, the, the stunty league to put it lightly yeah um, it's, it's a it's a tough one to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think these guys would do pretty well in a regular setting. I just don't know if they have the edge in Stunty, which is a funny thing to say out loud. But <laughs> I actually think I actually think that a halfling team with two minotaurs that can throw a player would be pretty great in regular league, um, because everyone knows that minotaurs are great. Yeah, but when it's a minotaur with downsides of a minotaur and a downsides <laughs> of a troll as well, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tough. Uh, I'm already planning my team for next year. He's, I think Sean said he's going to try and do them more regularly instead of one a year he's going to try and get one every six to nine months or something because that's really good yeah because uh, the snotling team is calling to me um <laughs> because it was awesome fun to play against and uh, yeah i really want to uh i really want to join in the pump wagon nonsense uh i think i'm gonna have to try and come to one of these this one was a little bit too close to the previous tournament for me um but no i'm i'm really well up for this i'm i'm just up for you know an excuse to get another team started oh dude i think i i, I think you would have absolutely loved this day like yeah. it was so chilled and it was just so absurd i think i think you would have loved it i think you would have had a great time and yeah yes, i'm gonna have to try and drag you along to the next one yeah I'll definitely be up for that cool and yeah mike won it for the third time in a row so yes what well a mike yeah, good stuff. Now, after the tournament, I did get to steal Sean to uh, have a little interview with him just about him and running tournaments and running specialist tournaments, I suppose, because he's big on these kind of events. And um, for those of you in the NAF, uh, he is Monkey Juice, who also ran for NAF president. I did. I, did, I promised him I wouldn't bring that up during the interview, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, the, not the interview now so what we're going to do is a bit unusual but i did get a chance to record a little interview with him um and i will put it in the segment following this just bear in mind that it was recorded at a game shop at, during a tournament so there's quite a lot of background noise uh, hopefully the audio scrubbing made it a little bit better and it uh, shouldn't be too horrible to listen to but yes um thank you for letting me talk about monoball i do recommend stunty league or crazy tournaments and now a word from sean
Okay, so Marnabol Stunty Cup 3 is over. I'm here with the tournament organiser. Sean, how you doing, buddy? You all right? Yeah, not too bad. Pretty pooped. Just Pretty finished. <laughs> big day. Yeah, it's been a it's, yeah a big lead up to today, and it's been like a bit of a snowball effect of the number of people coming. Went yeah. from hardly anything to a whole load. So there's lots of prep beforehand, uh, but yeah, it went really well today. Is this the biggest Stunty Cup so far? I. It's definitely in contention. Yeah. I think we had 14 today. We might have had 16 last year. Felt about the same as the last one. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really, really good. So just as I've got you here, I thought it'd be a good opportunity to catch up with you and just ask you a few questions, if that's all right. Yeah, sounds good to me. Groovy, groovy. So how did you get into Blood Bowl? Um, well, so it's quite a while ago when uh, me and my wife, or me and my now wife, moved down to Birmingham. And I really wanted to keep up the hobby that I've been playing before. I've been in Warhammer, Warhammer right. 40k, that kind of thing. But the cost is astronomical, and the number of figures that you had to have and paint was huge. And so it just turned into an insurmountable feat of painting. Yeah. So I thought, well, what's an alternative that I can do that's going to have fewer models, it's still a bit of fun, and I can still have a kind of narrative thing going on. And Blood Bowl was the next thing, um, next thing, logical step to go to. And unfortunately, in Birmingham, there was nothing at the time. So I couldn't find any leagues in Birmingham. There are a handful of them just outside of Birmingham. Right. But strangely enough, for me to get to the nearer ones would take me at least an hour and a quarter. Yes. Otherwise, I could get on the motorway to Leicester for an hour. So that's what I did. So I started going all the way over to Leicester to play. An hour every time for a league night? An hour there and an hour back. Yeah. Yeah, it's a two-hour round trip on uh, every other Thursday night at least. Fair enough. Actually, I think I saw a post that you put on Facebook. Were you using Skaven Pirates to play your first Blood Bowl game? Oh. Old um, square base stuff. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that was when... Um, I was still trying to get a hold of a game because obviously this is before the, they re-released it. Yeah. And so I had to take a big piece of green card and a yeah. ruler and a marker pen and make my own pitch. And I had a really kind of sketchy A4 printed out copy of the LRB6. I had no team, so it was all Nurgle Space Marines, yeah. Skaven Clan Rats, <laughs> all proxy stuff. And yeah, and of course I didn't have anyone to play with. So I had to try and rope in my wife to play against me uh, so I could learn these rules. I had no block dice. I had to use D6s. Oh, wow. So it was, skull was a one, both yeah, yeah. down two, and so, you, so on. You didn't go all the way back to, to second edition then with the 2D6 block dice there? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Um, no, but I had, uh, when they re-released the game, my local games workshop, some guy dropped off a, set, a full second edition set of his yeah. blood bones. I, like, oh, I ain't going to use it. If you're bringing it back out, you can have it. And that was my first look at second ed, like the polystyrene yeah, pitch, the astro granite card, pitch, yeah, card it figures. It was uh, it was not a great game. <laughs> it was not, the, the new game is much better. So you got into Blood Bowl, you roped your partner into it. Um, when did you start going to tournaments? What was your first tournament? Um, so the first tournament that I went to, I went with. Uh, it was actually Danny, so some people might know him as Leap, oh, and yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the Derby Tag Team Tournament run by Liam uh, from Two Drunk Flint. Yeah. And that was my first ever foray into Bubba. It was absolutely mad. And it was just such good fun. I was totally out of my depth. I must have only been playing for a handful of months at that point. Yeah. But it was so much fun. And one of the things I really enjoyed was meeting so many different people. Yeah. 
and that's something that's continued ever since then. But that was my first tournament was the uh, Derby Tag Team Tournament. Is uh, my uh, my Nurgle and Danny's Halflings, and we were our team was called Smallpox. <laughs> Picnics and pestilence. That was our lo- that was our motto. Amazing. So um, this may be a bit of a, an easy question for you, but the best tournament you've ever been to? Well, the best one has to be Birmingham Bowl. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, honestly, the best tournament I've been to is Strangle Bowl. Really? Um, Strangle Bowl uh, is run so well, and again, that's one run by uh, Danny Reek yeah. and also Justin Naf uh, Name the Champ. And they and a few others work together to run it. And the theme is excellent. It's all like 80s Florida or Miami. Amazing. It's fluorescent pinks and yellows, and uh, it's just fantastic. Everyone's encouraged to come in kind of 80s fancy dress. (laughs) And every time I've been there, it's been a hit. And the last time they did it was one of the largest, if not the largest, one day. Blood Bowl tournament so far yeah. in the history of Blood Bowl tournaments. Man, that's insane. It was just amazing, and they, the work they put in, the effort with the props, um, you know, big screen with the. Oh, it was just great. The food was good, perfect. Okay, so something to aim for then. Oh yeah, yeah. They set the bar so high, and they're all really on it when it comes to their graphics and promotion, advertisement, yeah. and yeah, they're they're just brilliant at what they do. I mean, I know that you and I are both in agreement that actually. <laughs> We could increase the profile of Blood Bowl by mm. doing that, but making it look more professional, you can get more people bought in. Yeah, we, yeah. We spoke about that before in a very public forum. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what's the first tournament that you ran, and why did you run it? The first tournament I ran was Birmingham Bowl back in 2016. Yeah. And that was, it was with the re release where I was going at the time, it's a place called Manalik, uh, and that's down in, um, oh, I can't even remember what it's called now. But um, it's just down the bottom end of Birmingham, uh, the Birmingham City Centre. And they kind of wanted to promote it, weren't really sure how. And I was like, well, hey, you know, I'll run a league. And then they said, oh, okay, so what's that like a tournament thing? And I was like, well, I guess I could run a tournament too, if that's what you wanted. And uh, yeah, Birmingham Bowl was really good. We just were shy of the 24 we needed for the NAF Shield. Oh, that's but so we had great. 22 people turn up, which was great for first tournament. And we've had people who turn up to that tournament who were kind of lurkers in Birmingham playing Blood Bowl every now and again. Some people were tournament uh, veterans who just didn't have a league to play in. And from there, that was a great springboard for roping people in to play the league. But Birmingham Bowl went down really well. We had some great guys there like Glowworm turned up, Cantaloupe, um, Alistair known as Wilbert. And uh, yeah, it was really good, really well run. And my wife helped me. Oh, brilliant! And it was just yeah, it was like I say, a really good show. Loads of people who were excited about the new league were there. It was a great start to uh, bringing Birmingham into uh, bringing Blood Bowl into Birmingham. It's, it's geographically brilliantly placed. So I'm from yeah. Southampton. It's about two and a half hours to get here, which meant I could pop up here today. Mm. Like it was fine. Mm. So you know, I I love that. I mean, I we've come along and we played in. Was it uh, last year? Birmingham, I think? Maybe the year before. Year before, yeah. Because yeah. we had our tournament on the same weekend, I think, last mm. year. So we couldn't make it. But, I mean, when we were here last year, we were up to 30 or something coaches. Yeah. And, and then with the with this, uh, last year was 40. Oh, that's coaches. amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was a that was really hard to run. Uh, thankfully, I didn't have to play in that one. That's good. That's um, very useful. So, yeah, I can only imagine what coaches you have to deal with 80 
uh, you know, tournament organizers dealing with 80 coaches. It's incredible, think about it. Because actually, a tournament like today, where there's 14 or so people, mm. it's still a lot of work. The prep mm. is still a lot of work. But when you get to 30 plus coaches, it's phenomenal. And like, I've got yeah. to assume that 80 plus is an industry. <laughs> yeah. like, like, you've got to have. Yeah. That's got to go on your CV or something. I think so, yeah. <laughs> something else. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, brilliant. So, brings me to today, which was Stunty Cup 3, Minor Bowl. Yeah. Why, where, how did that happen? Like, why is this tournament, why does it exist? Uh, that is a really good question. And one of the things that I was really interested in was the huge variety of teams that are on Fumble. Yeah. And the Fumble Secret League looked great. And uh, I really liked the idea of the Stunty League teams. And I felt like there's there are some stunty tournaments, you know, here in the UK. Stunty Slam is one run by Leipziger, yeah, and that's a great tournament. I don't, and I would encourage people to go to that. And that's that's just ogres, halflings, goblins. And I thought, well, you know, I'd love to try something like Strigoyen or Nurgling, <laughs> just something weird and wacky and wonderful. And, um, you know, as I had some experience running Birmingham already, I thought, well, I don't see why we can't have uh, just another tournament. We just make it exclusively stunty teams from the, this crazy stunty league. <clears throat> no, I love that. I mean, we've done a similar thing with um, Tombstone. We've added a bunch of yeah. secret teams to that. And obviously, our Bonehead Bowl is mixed mixed teams so you can take two and put it together which is it is ridiculous but the benefit of this kind of thing is the the modeling mm. the, the, and i think so i've been to each one of your three mana bowls now and basically everybody has made effort every single time to bring a, a, a new team or something there's a few guys that have just brought straight stunty teams but they're painted brilliantly and then you've got i mean you've run a different team each of the three now is that right uh yes i think i had a strigoyan team uh for the first one and that was off the back of another stunty uh, tournament that's run over at Worcester. And I did really well there and I thought, oh man, I came first there with <laughs> Strigoyen and got to try it again uh, at my own one. I ended up coming in dead last. Yeah. Uh, did pretty badly. Didn't get to play in the second one and then this one today, I took Nurglings. And the only reason I took that was the hope that I would draw Mike, who's won it now three times three in a row. Three times in a row. And the last time I played him, uh, he didn't manage to beat me with the Nurglings. So... I thought, well, hey, if I draw him and I got Nurglings, then there's a fighting chance for everybody. But unfortunately, I didn't get him today. Yeah, see, this—that's why I think he won. So that's what it's really down to. He didn't have to play me. That's how he got away with well, it. Well, he did say that you were the only reason he went with his skink team again is because you put it in the title. <laughs> yeah. Which, which beautifully leads into the question for you, which is, what is next for you in Bubble? Man, I think so. With Manabol itself, what I think I would quite like to do is to maybe make it twice a year. Yeah. And drop the price down a bit. Um, it's you know, it just takes a bit of time for me to run, and I you know I get a lot of enjoyment from running it. So I'm not that interested in charging a lot. It's not like with Birmingham Bowl where I'm paying for food and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've started a new tournament called Solly Hell, and that's just to kind of try and help um, support a friend of mine who started a new friendly local gaming store. And yeah, just try and bring a bit more. Uh, bring a few more blood ball tournaments to the centre of Birmingham. It's just trying to strike a balance because it can be a bit too much, be too tournament heavy. Um, and I've had it in the past. You know, we we had a tournament we were going to run called Dead Zone. It's very similar to Tombstone. Actually. Yeah. Uh, Dead Zone just fell flat on its face. Which actually, didn't I think, have the support. I think for it. Rich looked at your horror league rules. For that, oh, I think yeah. he was on the Horror League think tank. Yeah, that's right. So I, I've tried to run a thing called Horror Bowl, and that's only undead teams, including undead teams from the Secret League. 
but again, you know, it's just a bit of burnout. Too much for yeah. too many, uh, too much stuff for too few people. And yeah. meant that, you know, we were undersubscribed on everything rather than being well subscribed on any one thing. Yeah. So I'm just very aware of that when I try to introduce new tournaments. The thing I'm working on at the moment is just to make sure the ones that I run, I run well. Yeah. And if I want to bring in new ones, that they're going to be able to get the support that they can. Which, um, what, what I should, uh, could say actually, Solihull. Uh, and the Midlands Championship Series, which yeah. is something that, that I set up here in the, in the Midlands with a couple others, um, is. Oh, well, hey. Someone's done something amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah uh, that's Andy Davo. Andy Davo, the streamer, yeah. Twitch streamer, he's really interested in Midlands Championship Series. He's going to try and go to some more of those tournaments. That's very cool. That's really cool. See, I, this is why I've got involved with the SWTC down south. It's because tournament series is something that actually there's so much going on there you can tie it together and you create almost an environment that people can follow and that's something I think the bubble's missing yeah um, absolutely because yeah so you really answered my other question which was what would you like to see come next in competitive play but actually you've uh, uh, yeah I mean I think the the idea of series is really good I think we need what would be great is um, if there was just more of it, yeah. I mean, more, more blood bowl is more better, right? Yeah, you go. So that's what we need. We need, you, you know, this idea of trying to not only trying to make sure that what we have is not oversaturated, but is you know just right, and we have some great uh, flavour in the tournaments, and we're drawing in lots of people who already play. But also to have an environment, and that's one of the big things I love about Blood Bowl is the camaraderie yeah. that attracts new players and new coaches. That's it, making it approachable, mm. making it clean, simple, approachable. I mean, the stunty, the Mana Bowl might not be the best one for approachability, <laughs> but i tell you what, it was yeah. my first Blood Bowl tournament outside of the ones I'd run myself. Yeah. And Richard and I came along to that first one, and it was just so chill and stupid. Yeah. So it was just fun. Yeah, well that's it, right? So today, it's not everyone's cup of tea, so I know there are people who won't come to stuff like today, Yeah, and I get that. Um, but the idea today, and other tournaments like it, uh, is just for people to get to experiment a little bit. I mean, just you mentioned about fun. the modeling, yeah. just really enjoy that kind of, um, the converting and trying out a whole load of different things and just producing these really wacky looking teams and having something just a little bit fresh, a little bit different. Yep. And you know, it's no less fun, but just a little bit crazy. Right? Absolutely. And this is the thing, there's a load of tournaments now that are getting really big. And the big tournaments are really great fun, the competitive age is great, the price support is great, but actually we, it's so important that we still remember the small ones that allow you to just chill and play Blood Bowl and experiment, and like you said, explore yeah. Blood Bowl land. That's, um, that's absolutely fantastic, Sean. Thank you very much for your time and well done for running today. It was great fun. Thank you very and much. I very much look forward to the next one. Yeah, thank you for coming all the way up. I appreciate it. I, I will do my very best never to miss one of these because <laughs> it's just an opportunity to have some stupid blood ball. Uh, that's brilliant. brilliant. No, thanks very much, man. I'll catch you next time. Cheers. So, mentioned it earlier, but today's star of the episode is going to be Carla von Kill. And the reason is that Owen, my uh, first opponent at Barnabal, ran Carla Von Kill, and she was awesome. Ben, have you had a chance to play against Carla before? I've never played against her. No, neither, I don't know much about her. Neither had I. So, you know, you go up against the, the classic Halfling building. You do see Carla listed, uh, taken by Halflings quite a lot. And I was just like, oh, she's kind of like a poor man's griff, you know, just someone filler. 
um, just the other star you take when you've already got deep root. Right. And, oh man, she was she was very good. So here we go, Carla von Kiel, Amazons, halflings, and Norse and humans. Um, and she's two hundred and twenty thousand. Six four three eight. Block, dodge, dauntless, jump up, and loner. So, blodging jump up is brilliant. Strength four. Blodging strength four is brilliant. Yeah, turns out so. Especially so in Stunty. Oh, well, especially in Stunty. So yeah, I mean, cannot recommend Carla enough for a Stunty league. This was like having a mini morgue. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> but I think she'd do brilliantly in regular in regular tournaments, or but at least like league. Because look at that price tag, two hundred and twenty k. Okay, you don't get. I mean. You're running corn at the moment, aren't you, Ben? Yeah. So what kind of star players, what kind of price range are your star players? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't taken a big look. I know you get, I think it's mostly the uh, the, the Chaos ones, like... Uh, so Lude Grip, do you get Lude Grip? I, you know, very ill-prepared. I will just get this up. Well, I did surprise you with that one. Let's <laughs> have a look at corn star players. Yeah. Because, I mean, when you're running in a league, 220k is is not is quite a regular amount. I mean, really, you kind of in within the 100 range. But when you get to a bit more... Um, well, you played your underworld, and you? <laughs> you earned 700k or whatever it was. <laughs> that was uh, that was really good fun. Oh, no, but, yeah. okay, they only get Greshnak. Really? Apparently. Unless that's out of date. Come on, team. Blood Bowl. Let's have a look. So we've already digressed a re- straight away from Carla to finding out what oh, star no, no, players are looking at the wrong thing. I was looking at an old one. Never mind. Uh, they don't get Lude Grip. They get Greshnak, Borak, uh, Max Spleen Ripper, Morgan so Chainsaw. Yeah. Scylla, Oscilla, Affingram, yeah. and Wither Grasp, uh, Double Draw. Okay, so Wither Grasp is probably the only one who's less than nearly 300 because all the other guys are strength 5 guys so with the grasp is yeah. what 240 something like that uh, 170 with oh the okay alright yeah. so that's quite a cheap player but generally speaking in blood bowl terms you don't get a lot of stars that are at the 200 mark it's normally the cheap ones the secret weapons the sort of light guys so lewd grip 160 or 170 if it is now I can't remember which way around that is but 220 is pretty reasonable I think to be able to get, yeah, and definitely. you can you can squeeze her into a pretty decent build as well, especially with halflings, and giving you that blodger with strength four is is huge, and this is the thing I I was running my spawn against her because she had dodge and block, I, I was two dicing her absolutely fine, but because she had blodge and dock, uh, she was defensive as heck, and I did knock her down, and with jump up she just got up. And just got out of there. Three plus reroll dodge, no problem at all, and avoided it. And with mm. Dauntless as well, yeah. she was perfect for taking out big guys. Yeah, yeah, I didn't Which, really consider that actually. There's a lot no. of big guys running around. Yeah, so two plus Dauntless is for a one die block. You chuck on a halfling to assist, you know, or anybody to assist, and you're two dicing the big guys, and you've got yeah. Blodge, so you can disengage. So she is an awesome blitzer. Yeah. No, I like. She, it's just it's just nice to have this genuinely really good player in a team in a in an entire tournament setting where there's not that many good players. And like you say, even in a regular tournament, she just outshines 
you know most players out there. Which so is a very good word yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Human yeah. human blitzers are ninety k. So if you're looking at the tournament build, an extra one hundred and thirty to replace a blitzer with her gives you plus one strength. You've still got block. You've got one less movement. She is quite slow at movement six, mm. but. When you've got dodge in there as well, yes, it's only edge three. Like she's not top tier, but if you're looking to win a game, she'll give you an edge. And I, I was really impressed. I was really impressed. Yeah, like you say, she's no Griff, but Griff's not two hundred and twenty. <laughs> no, he is not. Yeah. So for league though, Ben, what do you think? Um. Yeah, like you said, I I think I'd take her. It would be a consideration because mo- most halflings tend to build their team to 400 below what they expect right to get deeper in the chef exactly right like yeah. it only really takes another 100 and then you're considering maybe swap the chef for a color or is maybe, that blasphemy and a half oh i don't know i think the chef is a pretty important role but do you reckon okay. swapping deep root that's what uh, that's what owen did he didn't take deep root he took carla and yeah. um carla and puggy so she can do a lot more than deep root can generally she can't speaking smash quite as well but yeah. She she can't, but she's infinitely faster. Yeah, with the agility as well, and jump up makes a huge difference. Now, the one time I did take her out was with a chainsaw because that was the yeah. theme of my team for the tournament. I'll do it. <laughs> was chainsaws and stabbing stuff. But actually, I was really impressed. Yes, in a league, she might take some of your SPPs, but we spoke about Griff last episode, didn't we? Yes. And he would. He's he's a touchdown machine. Okay, Ian and Josh ran in brilliantly at Beachhead and he scored a load of touchdowns with Griff. But Carla is your blitzer. She yeah. she can get out, she can carry the ball, she's got dodge, she's good for the defence, but she gets in there and she strikes and she can take stuff. Not kill it, but can just you know force it away or just give you that bit of a a blocker. I think she's more toolkit than superstar, and I think for leagues that's kind of what you want. Yeah. And plus the jump up really appeals to that as well. Where if she gets knocked down, she can still be blocking on the what, two well, plus, three plus? Uh, what is it? Straight edge plus two? Yeah. So yeah, two plus. Two plus, yeah. Two plus block from from, from down, so but actually she's, she's to be annoying. But she's great at blitzing her way out because she gets up. She's probably two dice blocking something with block. And then if it stand firm or you get her both down, she's then dodging with a three plus and a reroll normally to, to disengage. Yeah, and then she can go and apply that strength elsewhere. And I tell you what, man, if she had mighty blow or guard, this she would be insanely good. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. Yeah, yeah, I think... I'll always, I'd definitely consider her. So one of the things we're considering is for a future sevens show is having star sevens, seven hundred k, running a star player as one of your core seven players in there. And I was thinking after. After Beachhead, I was like, "Ooh, Griff for humans, the Griff mm. show. This could be wicked." But actually, I can see running some kind of Carla build, maybe with Norse, maybe with halflings. That would be interesting, uh, or Amazons. Although you know, Amazons are boring, Ben. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially in sevens. Uh, yeah. No, one, no one wants to be that guy. Um, <laughs> I can see, I can see a Carla build being really good fun and i feel like she enables the team more than griff yeah and she frees up another what 100k to spend on his team i can't even remember what griff was but yeah he's definitely definitely more than 220 like you said yeah 
Oh. Anyway, that was uh, Carla Von Kiel. Um, listeners out there, if you've got a specific star player you want us to hypothesize about or maybe even get to the table to, to do a test drive, or you've played against a star player that surprised you in the way that the Giants surprised me, then yes, get in contact, let us know which one you want us to talk through. Um, otherwise, we'll find other stuff, because the one thing I haven't asked you so far, Ben, which I really should have done, is uh, is, is Carla or a wizard? Is she better than a wizard? Oh, of course. So with the age-old question. I know. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think the more the more you ask me this, the more I think actually, pretty much every time, yes, because the wizard can sometimes do something on one turn. Carla can more easily do things every turn. She's a strength four blodger for sixteen turns. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Carla von Kill is better than a wizard. Anyway, that wraps it up for episode 37. Ben, was there anything else we uh, haven't touched on? I think are we done. I think that's good. I think, I think we covered a lot. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Well, thank you once again for joining us on the show. Um, it's always fun to have you on here to talk through Blood Bowl nonsense. It's always nice to be here. Ah, great stuff. And uh, guys, thank you all very, very much for listening. And next episode, unless Games Workshop drop any bombshells about news, we're going to be talking about Crazy Sevens rules. So yes, if you're an avid Sevens player, drop us a message with some crazy rules. Uh, so that's George, Stephen, you guys, you know who you are. Get in contact because we're going to do a deep dive into craziness in Sevens because more Blood Bowl is more better. And uh, yes, I will bid you adieu. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>